Hello and welcome to the Chin Waggers podcast. This is season two, episode two. But before we get into any of that, today, this isn't live, but today happens to be a very special day. Today, many years ago, a hero was born. That hero is Ewan. Happy birthday. Birthday, Ewan. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Weird. This makes me feel like a chump for not shouting out my mum, whose birthday it was the last day we recorded. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, uh, like, shout out Solo's yeah. mum as well. Sam, yeah. you outdid me as a friend more than I did <laughs> as a son. <laughs> Much oh, love to Solo's mum yeah. and to you, and I hope you I both had fantastic days, as this is both in the past by the time you're listening to this. But bless. So, on this episode today... Uh, we have a new show concept for you, introducing the defining movie, where we pick a genre or franchise and we aim to define it. In this show, this pilot, if you will, we will be discussing horror. Now, just like any film, genre is subjective, so be warned, this may get heated. When discussing the subjectivity of film, that line is more blurred with horror than perhaps any other collection of arts, as the quality of horror is deeply rooted in what scares you. In fact, the definition of horror, as told by the Collins Dictionary, is horror is a feeling of great shock, fear and worry caused by something extremely unpleasant. Well, today I am joined by two very esteemed chinwaggers to help me unravel this subjective riddle firstly may i introduce sam glenn smith how the hell are you i'm brilliant mate you know but i'm good and it's uh it's a good week for me i'm uh i'm a big fan of horror as it's been clear throughout the first series <laughs> and i'm i'm happy to discuss today um i'm excited to have a whole episode on it to be honest um oh. so yeah work was good this is good yeah, man, and we are sweet. We are more than blessed to have you. And last, but by no means least, is Solo Sharif. How the devil are you, my friend? I'm good. Good. Had a had a little pleasant stroll through the park earlier, as we do. Love a bit of autumn leaves on the ground. Oh, it's that time of year, baby. In terms of a backdrop, I do think autumn is the best. Yeah. Aye. Yeah, cracking. That's why. I, that's why I've got. I've got orange and yellow on today to match the leaves. <laughs> okay, my guy is coordinating. So, what? What would you define horror as then? Do you agree with the with the dictionary definition? Do you think, or do you think that differs in terms of film? Is it what I mean? Is it, is it strictly something that just scares you? Uh, um, I don't think it has to be. Because no. I feel like there's a, there's there's more to horror as a genre than there is to just the definition, like or at least the dictionary definition. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and so, I guess the question is, in terms of defining it, what scares you? <laughs> you know, and I I guess you you do find that out through watching horror. You will. You'll learn what. This is the thing, though. Is like I don't. I don't actually. I don't. I don't actually like a horror that scares me. 
if you know, like all of my favorite ones are horror films, and this is one of the reasons I love like classic monsters so much, is that I don't find them scary, but I love the stories that we're able to tell with those kind of characters. Yeah. As we'll see with some of the films, I'll be using as my case studies. <laughs> what say you, Sam? Mm. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. Um, this is the thing where, like, so I've seen a lot of, too many horror films, a lot more bad than good, and even the bad ones can scare me whilst watching them. But I really think for, for it to be a solid horror film, I need to, like, I need to be shook afterwards, you know? Like, I need to be scared to sleep that night, mm. or anything like that i mean the conjuring films they're great they're very scary when you're watching it because you're anticipating jump scares you know they do really well with the 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 ambience everything really for the moment but the moment i leave that cinema screen it's like the end of the ride if you get me like it's done yeah but for me i need to be then scared to you know to the you know, to walk down a dark street thinking about it, I'd, is I want I want to dread thinking about that film because it makes me feel a certain way. And I feel a lot of horrors, especially in today's today's time, and that they're just jump scare value. You know, mm. and don't get me wrong, I enjoyed that. That's a fun hour and a half, but it doesn't have any lasting effect. You know. See, it's funny you say that because the feet like the feeling that I most greatly associate and enjoy with horrors is it's like for me i feel like it hinges on a psychological element because mm. you can have like a big scary spider and it can be a big scary spider but it, there needs to be more there's more to it than just fear in the actual genre because mm. it's like not like i don't necessarily mean like you know how I, like psychological horrors exist as a genre but I think, like, fundamentally, horror films have to play with your psychology, and like, and like, I think that's, and I think that's one of the reasons I like the monster films is because a lot of the monster characters are relatable to you, the viewer, in ways that you wouldn't immediately associate, and so it makes you think after, like, the same way that you like to be thinking about it in terms of like fear concepts, Sam. Like, I like to, like, for me, I like my big takeaway is always the like. I don't know, like, just the the kind of the thought... I want to still be thinking about it and, like, thinking about how, the like, the mystery works and, like, how all of these... How all of these, like, crazy people's lives are, like, falling apart, be it through murder or, like, haunting or... I don't know. The, the, all of the different ways that horror can be taken. Like, I, like, I love the, the way that it plays with your mind more than anything. And what about you, Rogan? What's your? Uh, we've got the Collins Dictionary different definition, and you've had yeah. ours. What What do you feel like? So I know you're not. I know you like horror, but I know you're not. It's not like your favorite genre, like mine. Or yeah, I'm very much in Solo's camp with this one in in regards to the the psychological aspects of horror. Um, it's it's more scary if you like. You understand the workings of the criminal as opposed to just getting slashed by him, if if mm. that sort of makes sense. Um, 
but at the same time, um, wait, like so, the the two films I, I I would bring to to this argument would would be the uh, Shining, for that that kind of slow build up of mental insanity mm. that you get throughout the film and how it's like just projected yes. in so many different terrifying ways. Um, but in terms of the Collins definition of horror, of feeling great shock, uh, Fede Alvarez as the Evil Dead had me like legitimately shook in terms of that's the most scared I've been for a film. Like, don't go down that fucking hatch. <laughs> kind of yeah. uh, scared. So, um, and they're both, they're both different rides. Now, for me, the enjoyment is, is more with the Shining film than the Evil Dead. Um, I'm not, like, enjoying it so much as I'm kind of petrified and it's not a feeling that, like, I kind of buzz off. You know, mm. uh, whereas uh, the the sl- slow um, unraveling of of like a psychological mind um, that 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 kind of um, well the, the the version of horror that um, The Shining offers is is much more appealing to me and like like I don't know Silence of the Lambs is is that considered mm. horror? Um, I think so, yeah. I would, yeah, I, I would so. say, um, I would, yeah, definitely, I would definitely class it as psychological horror in how it, the, yeah. not only mm. Hannibal's mind works, but also the, um, the actual Horrors. killer, yeah, well, I can't oh, remember what oh, he's actually called. Oh, the, um, Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like that is, getting inside of his head is a horror unto itself, really. Mm. You know what, yeah, as well, because I mean, with with how you defined it and whatnot, that guy's got us like a really. He's going through like an identity crisis, you know. Mm. Like he's. Like not this is not me saying like. It's, it's wrong to dress up in ladies' clothes or anything like that. Not at all. Mm. But like he, the way he's doing it, you know, he's kidnapping women and, you know, he's. I, d- I don't even oh yeah no he's he's insane he's, he's like he is he is insane 100 percent. yeah he's yeah i don't I, you can't I, rationalize I, the insane <laughs> yeah especially like oh, that really. bit where he's got the um i mean this wasn't even one of the films we would, but you know when he's got the night vision goggles on and he's in there with jodie foster and he's behind her and i think he yeah. even does that bit where he reaches out and like flicks her hair mm. at one point and she's like fucking yeah. like are you like even like see like watching the hero through the killer's eyes while the hero is helpless is fucking terrifying. Yeah. No matter no matter what you're scared of. Yeah, and that's the kind of horror that that I like. Um I've what the the horror that I d do, I don't really like is um uh, sort of cliches in horror. Like if the girl falls when she's running or you know yeah, yeah. that kind of some of the characters. Um, yeah, you, I, I'm you, not... won't, you won't like the deaths in one of my films. Then, girl gets scared, falls backwards into trap door full of acid, <laughs> and melts away and dies. Like that's the that's the finale death in one of my films for the evening. <laughs> and which masterpiece is that from? Uh, the house, the, the house on haunted hill. An absolute classic. Of oh, okay, uh, right. It is so I haven't, I haven't seen that, but like, 
the, it's the house that's haunted, right? So the well, the, it it's has a house you know play, this this film has one of the it it's it's really interesting in how it how they play it because it for the start is it open it has one of the best like movie openings, and it's what it is. You get the guy whose name I don't remember. And it's his it's his family's house, and he claims it's haunted. Um, and I think at the time, it's either nine or seven people have died in the house, so like so far in its existence. And he does this great like narrative introduction to it. They introduce you to all the characters. Um, Vincent Price is like the he's the big kind of. He's the bad guy in it, and he organ well, not really bad guy, antagonist. That's the one, um, and he organizes like a party, and he invites this girl that works at his office, his wife, a lawyer. I think the other guy is an actor, and I'm f- I'm forgetting someone else, but the- basically the thing is like you're gonna get ten thousand dollars if you stay in the house overnight and as soon as they get in like the doors lock um then one of the girls like goes downstairs and when she's in the cellar she sees like this woman who has like no pupils like like it's fully like in almost petrified that way that they are in um like in like well petrified in like a state of like Hmm. i don't even know how to describe the expression but just horrific shall we say so we're talking Harry Potter, Chamber of the Secrets, petrified. Yeah. Yeah, but imagine like yeah, it's like that that kind of like stillness to it. But the woman is like got spiked up hair, like no pupils, is like gritting her teeth, like 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 she looks like a zombie witch or something. Oh, okay. She's something. Um, and basically, like the reason the reason I think this film is so interesting is it is brilliant in using the classical tropes even well i mean this film is from 1959 so it is in like the era of the tropes but it it really finds interesting ways of subverting them and like using them in completely unique ways like i guess you know what the only modern film even though there's a modern remake i would compare like in level of uniqueness weirdly cabin in the woods is the most similar despite being very different Mm. in their subversive use of the tropes because like and even not only like the character tropes but the horror tropes in and of themselves because right up until the like well i'll just like the best way to explain it is with the ending actually so vincent price's wife um is having an affair with I think it's their lawyer or doctor I don't remember um I don't remember how the doctor dies but she but she goes down into the cellar and there's this pool of acid in there that's just always been like it was something to do with one of the people that died in it before like he grabbed his wife and they jumped in together oh yeah broad broad strokes (laughs) moving on um so so this pit is still here and this skeleton comes into the room and this is literally like the skeleton's walking over to her 
and you're looking at it and like as the audience you see it and you're like this is clearly a fucking fake ass skeleton on a puppet like this isn't even like it like to the point where like i like when i was watching it the first time i was like oh well like you know it's older so they had certain effects and she screams falls back into the acid and the skeleton is just standing there but then vincent price comes out of the shadows and it is actually like he's actually puppeteering the skeleton Oh, okay. uh, they 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 had thought he was dead at this point, and so he actually like it is a literal puppet, and that's why it looks that way. It's like it, it like it all it, like it almost like it kind of it's great in delivering these fake like ghosts because mm-hmm. the the woman you see at the beginning is petrified, you see her later, and, the, and like Vincent Price reveals it, and he's like, oh no, this is the housekeeper. Um, I just forgot. I forgot to tell you they were also in the house with us because he's all like setting up this crazy shit to fuck with people, and even and even the wife the wife pretends to hang herself to pretend to be a ghost to try and trick someone into shooting her husband. So like it's 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 very like wheels within wheels with this one. Yeah, it sounds fascinating. Mm. I mean. Like I'm, I might not like the cliché so much, but if you take the cliché and twist it, or you oh, know, uh, make make something unique it, out of it, I then, forgot to then even explain the twist. That. The twi- yeah, the twist is the. Well, I mean, it's not a twist, but like the bit just after Vincent Price kills her, is one of the best bits because it's like the guy who claims the house is haunted, like he just looks down at you know the acid pit where the two dead bodies are, and he's just like, oh, you know, that's two more for the house now. And it's like, oh, and so okay. he, because like, and in the actual, oh, like so all like of the other, haunt- no, no, it's no, it's like, he means it in more like, you know, the house has claimed two more people, like, as in like, this is affirmation to him because Vincent Price has killed these two people. He's like, oh, well, you know, this can, like the house still is haunted. I told you because more people are dying, even though it's not. Oh, okay. So exactly. in his mind, like that day the house is still claiming the victim. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it it gives you that as like the fun. Like I love I love that when they give you like a final thing where they're like, oh yeah, you know. But they did still mm. die in the house, and all of the other deaths are like, you know, man kills his wife or something, or like it's like it's always like people have killed each other in these ha- in this house. So it's actually like the the quote unquote haunting is still such as it was always prefaced to be. Like right. like in there staying in the house, the prophecy has delivered on itself, even though it's like, okay, yeah, but Vincent Price, he could have chose any house to do this in, but he did do it in this house. The house has claimed two more people. And is it still, is it actually haunted? And it's because th- it's still doing it. Yeah. And I, it's, it's, I love it when they do things like that. Like, not just in horror, but just in film, where they give you that kind of. They just offer you a completely different explanation to what you saw in the film thus far. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, that could also be it if you just look at it slightly different. Well, going back to what you were saying before about one of the qualities of horror being some. You know, being. You're left behind with something. So exactly. That's that little it's gift the, for you yeah, to chew I, on for the next day. Exactly. I love it. I love a good thinker. Like, I think, like, if you don't think about a film after you've, like, if you're not still thinking about it after you've just watched it, then you're missing something. And, like, a, like, your film might not be that good. <laughs> mm. So I think we could say that a defining quality of horror 
is that you have you have to be invested you have well, it has to, it has to, it has to, there has to be a hook that gets you, regardless of like horror has to get you or or it's failing. Yeah, on like a psychological level. Yeah. Well, this is the thing with um, a lot of a lot of things that people love about movies in general is, I mean, if you're watching a drama, it might be the relatability to it. You know, it's, it could be this, it could be that. With horror, horror is a hard thing to do with that just because it goes so into the supernatural and you know if you're not a believer of the supernatural it's it's hard for you to kind of put yourself in them shoes like the the, the nice thing about horror is that like at the end of it you can tell yourself it's just a film that wouldn't happen to me you know that kind of thing so it is easy to throw away a horror but when horror sticks in your mind you know it's done a good job because they've Mm. taken something that usually it uses so many tropes of like the northerly to quote Susanna Gent the uncanny you know you're entering you're entering that, that the uncanny world. valley bit of Sigmund you know, Freud and for it to create a very real impression afterwards it's mm. it's hard to do I think it's probably the hardest genre to to nail really um, you know, mm. with an action movie, as long as you've got enough explosions, it's probably going to do all right. Michael Bay's been producing, exactly. Like, you know, I mean, he's been proving that for years. <laughs> Whereas, Snowball, yeah. you, know, you can't just throw money at horror and make it work. Oh yeah, I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't, it, it, it like, needs it needs the ho- the horror. Like yeah, it has to get in your head, or it's not working. Like mm. money can't get you that. Yeah, because you don't necessarily have to believe in the horror film for it to scare no. you either. Yeah. I don't believe Michael Myers is going to break into my house. No. Or like when I was in a swimming pool, I didn't I didn't really believe Jaws was going to get me. But yeah. I was damn scared to get a shark attack when I went for a swim in the fucking sports center. <laughs> Although it does translate into the real world where like loads of people did think sharks were going to come true and stuff yeah uh, which is quite fascinating it's be shook if you see a tornado regardless yeah watch out for shark attack sharks or no sharks but, if i see a tornado i'm gonna be shocked and realistically as long as you don't start hearing any random john carpenter scores you ain't got to worry about michael like you're good hmm. Yeah. If you're walking down a street and you start hearing hearing them instruments and that, then yeah, probably run. But but this is the thing. That's, I was watching um I watched Halloween on Halloween um with my housemates and one thing Michael Myers doesn't run. The guy is the no. calmest killer ever. He mm. would have walked after you. He's like the Grim Reaper. Like, it's more. It, I find. I think the brilliance of that is there's there's something infinitely more scary about mm. the walking than the running yeah because it will like but it's like by him walking it renders the fact that the victim is running completely like their running then becomes irrelevant yeah because it's yeah. like it like it presents the confidence within his character that he's like you can run he's gonna, he's gonna but you can't you hide yeah and it, yeah he'll take yeah. his time 
it'll get you in a couple of hours if it needs if it needs be you know yeah it's similar similar to um like silence of the lambs with hannibal lecter but with his speech like he is soft-spoken which can be like scarier than shouting definitely but but like yeah the worst the worst thing as well like i mean i saw silence of the lambs and was expecting hannibal lecter to be the big bad throughout and not kind of the i don't know the i don't know what you'd call him he was more the he was more of a sec like secondary antagonist almost yeah he was he was helping them out you know like he could he's... be have been the protagonist mm. it's like was, yeah, he secondary. gets the good ending <laughs> he goes captain yeah oh, depending on your do? perspective there's there's actually there's a word for that, isn't it? Like I feel like I was tried to, I tried to remember this. It's like deuterogonus or something. It's like a specific word for when there's two protagonists. Oh, okay. Like r- like rather than like secondary meaning as in like inferior. Hmm. Uh, I can't fucking remember what it is. I think it's deuterogonist. Right. But, That's yeah. uh... Solo dropping a bit of knowledge there for us. Ironically, I remember trying Sounded to like get a bit like, of Latin as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that is it. Deuterogonus, second the secondary or alternate main character. Yeah, because I I think on an episode before I tried to get this fucking word in, but I couldn't remember it the last time. Mm. We're <laughs> already doing better than last season, boys. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we have we have visuals now. <laughs> Yeah, we do. We do. Um, well, horror takes many different forms, doesn't it? Uh, one that I always find very interesting is uh, a sci-fi horror. You know, films like Event Horizon mm-hmm. or oh, you know, or, I do or Alien. Yeah. So I was just gonna <laughs> actually see if if you were uh, you had any of your uh, wonderful and uh, strange sci-fi horrors. Um, like I was saying, that the kind of Space is a pretty scary place, so it's a, it's a decent um, setting yeah. for a horror film. Uh, well, I, especially, um, like, Event Horizon was the first film that shook me based, based in space. Okay. I've not actually seen Event Horizon. Okay. I saw it when I was young. I don't know if it, if it would get me like that now. But, uh, yeah, when I saw it, it's, it's essentially... the They... Move space, which leaks black matter into the ship, and it all goes a bit crazy. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Um, Sam Neil, isn't it? Oh, I love a bit of Sam Neil. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Um, do you like? And there's even been Jason's even been to space at this point. So like, <laughs> true enough. <laughs> if ever there was yeah. like, pro- if there wasn't proof that there was sci-fi that. horror. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it goes Alien, then Jason in space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alien is a... I'd say, maybe not so much the second one, but the first one, I would say, is, is a Oh, 100%. Film. Yeah. It, oh, yeah, yeah I, I would even... I would say Alien and Alien 3 are horror films of that franchise. Okay. I, I mean, forget it, we, Alien 3 happened. Hmm. Oh, come on. You know, we got... Um, what's his name from it? Fincher. You know? Silver linings. Yeah, well, yeah. I'd take all Fincher films and allow that one, for sure. That's, yeah. that's just a blessing. Yeah. yeah. 
Why Who has oh, never just, done a horror film? I don't think. I just had a good Oh, yeah, you know what is actually one of my favourite, like, well, I mean, it's one of my favourite just sci-fi things is Doctor Who, as has been established on this show okay. previously. But there's so, they do so many good, like, horror episodes in that. Yeah, definitely. Like, Doctor Who is scary at times, man. Yeah. Like, I yeah. remember, like, the Did first time I watched it, I shat myself. I was scared of that fucking, like, I was scared of so many things in that show. Is it were they called Weeping Angels? Oh God, yeah, yeah. that that uh, wasn't even the one I was thinking of. Burn them! I'm not playing with them at all, bro. Like I used to have the trading cards, and like I couldn't even look at that Same. trading card with the angel on it. Like Same, just, just <laughs> yeah, just the picture made you know me what? shit myself. The angels, the the gas mask children, and Ooh, they were good. Um. Nah, to be fair, the first episode I ever watched of Doctor Who, and I was talking to this with some people the other day, um, and what an episode to jump in on. It was David Tennant series, and it was with the, like, the clockwork figures. Do you know what I'm... Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. On like, the... Terrifying. With, yeah. with Madame... With the curly the hair and that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, terrifying, those are great. I know, and even like, the ouds, mate. The ouds were creepy. Yeah, I think it's like it. It's interesting how the Doctor Who did like it has horror episodes, but as well, it's it it kind of crosses a lot of subgenres with horror just in its presentation. Like mm. in that how where it's like it's it's use of like just pr- like heavy use of practical effects is very like horror esque in that in the like the appearance of them. You know, it's like that, like the monsters and shit, like the original monsters were Frankenstein, the Wolfman, uh, the Mummy, Dracula, like monster came from, yeah, Attack of the 40 Foot Woman, monsters (laughs) came from the horror franchise and they are a fundamental part now of, like very much so Doctor Who, but the sci-fi genre Mm. owes its origin to horror really mm. in that creation of monster and exploration of it yeah the whole um a monster and alien um it's just that exploration of um you know uh being a a, a beast uh, uh, similar to uh, one of your films uh, that I, i'm not sure you've discussed yet but the mm. frankenstein yeah um, Oh yeah, yeah. They're all just cut from the same sort of creative cloth, aren't they? You know, aliens yeah. and monsters and Frankenstein's. The yeah, like speaking of, like I mean, I'll, I'll just jump off into the Frankenstein from there. But if if you think about it, Frankenstein, at least like you know, if I guess if we if we ignore mythology where like objects can be deified and therefore are sentient. Um, Frankenstein is very much the first ever well, it, like it's the first proper representation of artificial intelligence, like as a sentient rather than as. I guess, like, you know, I guess like the closest, like the closest thing I would say to that is like the golem in Jewish mythology, but even that is not. It's not a living creature. 
it's only animated through the will of the person that has cast it or su- or summoned it rather would be more accurate but frankenstein was very much endowed with intelligence unto itself and i think i, I can't remember what we were saying earlier about about how this that psychological element of like creating fear is like the dr frankenstein he he's it's like it, he he literally builds it and like mm. and there's a there's the great there's the classic interaction with i mean it's in the uh, curse of frankenstein is my favorite one and i'll go into like some more specific shit on it but there's a classic scene from all of the book versions that has been in like most of the films i haven't actually seen every frankenstein film so i don't know but he has this interaction with a blind man in the forest and it's been done different a few different ways where it's like sometimes it's the blind like well the classic way and the most common way is that the blind man is the only one that treats the monster with immediate kindness because it doesn't have it he can't form his preconceived notions based off of the monstrous opinion i mean mm. monstrous appearance rather and therefore he's receptive to the actual the inner intelligence and the inner personality that is frankenstein like actually one of the one of the most interesting things i find is and it was this story about when karlov originally played frankenstein so not not in not in the curse of frankenstein but his original portrayal of boris karlov frankenstein he received so many letters like the most the most fans he received letters from were children and they sent him letters saying like oh i feel so bad for you having seen this movie like like he got thousands upon thousands of like really sympathetic letters from children talking about like oh because they they assumed frankenstein was real you know because you're a child in that way and so it's like he got so many letters addressed to him as frankenstein like oh i hope you're okay like i like almost checking up on him so it's like but yeah it's like in that same way that the blind man doesn't have these preconceived notions thousands of children were able to see the monster Mm. not as a monster but as the victim that he is intended to be like the baron frankenstein is the monster in this film Mm. he's the one that he, he puts his creation together and then takes no he creates life and endows himself with no guardianship over it. He doesn't choose to actually protect it. He treats it as an object of creation rather than a sentient itself. And that's, that's another, and that's another way of that psychological element in horror where it's like, it makes the mon like the monster of Frankenstein is the one that really makes you think, I think more than any of the other classic monsters that I love. Because it is, it's a blank slate. So whatever it becomes is the reflection of what it has been given. So it's like, though though he does become the monster in the end, he becomes that way because he's treated with monstrous behavior. It's very layered. Mm. And yeah, the um, the the way you're saying Doctor Frankenstein is actually. The villain, uh, oh, who yeah. in himself is, uh, you know, exploring one of the 
the the scientific wonders of you know what what sparks life um mm. so in himself he's just an ob um maybe to the point of obsession but he's, he's oh he's, yeah De in the curse of frankenstein especially you get that obsession because the experiment he thinks it goes wrong but it, he creates his frankenstein monster and they kill it immediately and he brings it back to life again because he, cause like, like he's doing it to prove his point where he's like, no, I can, I can create life and I'll, because I can. And, you know, it's, it's our right to do so as scientists and shit. So he doesn't even, he doesn't even mm -hmm. care that he's lit, like he's killed this monster now after endowing it with life. He's going to give it life once again just to, just to carry on with his fanatical obsession with his science and his what he deems to be acceptable under science yeah and also just um peter cushing as the baron frankenstein regardless of what fucking version oh. you see of it he's i think he's done it like six times he's been the baron he is the he is brilliant in that role like regardless of which script you're watching him in Older on blowing up, motherfucker. Hmm. Exactly. Like mother. Yeah, he's made like at least ten monsters across his mo his Frankenstein movies. He doesn't even blink when he sees Alderaan go. After all that time. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh yeah, I'll make I'll make my own Alderaan of monsters. <laughs> Baron Tarkin. Wow. So, um, in terms of going back to the defining a horror and we, we've we've spent a bit of time dipping our toes into different types of horror um, obviously it's probably the widest genre uh, possible um but where do you think you can toe the line of that's what makes a horror film and that's why that's a thriller or that that's a that's a this is a horror film and not a drama because of you know um like do, do you think know. it's possible to find a singular point to be like that's why that's a horror film because it takes I, this box or these three boxes i th i think more i think i'd i definitely i'd classify a lot of things as having like a subgenre of horror that mm. probably wouldn't be considered that like you like you know there's like things which you might think of as like dramas or comedies but they are like they have they use horror because like, i find that is quite a lot of overlap well not even that but in like th uh luther the tv show there's tons of horror in that like especially okay. like f i mean literally in the first season he deals with a guy that is like drinking people's blood and Luther himself is, he's, I would describe him as a scary character, like, in his mind. Like, there's, he plays with fears in a way that horror does. Even though, like, I, I guess I, like, I wouldn't say that that's a horror TV show. But horror is there. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's really difficult with horror because it does that so often.
I think the one thing's for certain with horror. Every single horror film, I I would believe, would at least uh, build suspense. Like building suspense, I'd say is an essential component of horror. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but then, what happens after then? <laughs> you know that that that's up to the filmmaker. Uh, yeah, I think it ha- there's sus- there also has to be like a present threat, if you know what I mean. Like it okay. can't it can't only exist in the background. Like you have to be able to feel the threat, regardless of what form it takes. Like be it the psychological angle or like the literal angle, or like supernatural. Or, you know how there's 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 many ways to interpret it, but it has to be present throughout the film or tv show and it has to it has to manifest itself in a physical way well not not in terms of like it has to you know a ghost has to walk across screen Mm. but you as the audience have to be able to like quote unquote see it yeah for sure now so do you think every horror film has a form of antagonist as you, as you quite can it, that can manifest itself in many different ways but do you think they all have that driving force i fundamentally yeah i would say because even even jaws where it's Had like jaws. Well, jaws isn't a horror but it's i'd it's, say it's as a, a monster jaws is a horror i'd say yeah yeah no yeah like i i would like i i would call it a horror but i wouldn't call it a horror first if you know what i mean Mm, like a horror thriller or yeah but 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 like the shark is very much an antagonist even though it's it's just a force of nature Mm. yeah like um i mean it's ridiculous but sharknado still has a sharknado (laughs) as as an antagonizing force Mm. Can you could you do a horror um without without it? I mean, if you look at like the monolith, you can't actually write a story without an antagonist. So that might yeah. be a bit of a silly question. <laughs> yeah. Well, um Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's I I think to be honest, it's pro I would even say probably the antagonistic element is essential to creating a horror because it's through the antagonist that the audience receives mm. the perception of the fear of the fear element like i like i think if like if we go back to like the dictionary one i, I literally there has to have to be the fear the definition there, yeah there we go Which it's like is... so there has to be the fear and the antagonist the antagonist or antagonizing element has to be able to present that to you yeah to to revisit the the uh, definition is horror is a feeling of great shock fear and worry caused by something extremely unpleasant so there in the definition there must be an antagonizing Mm. force and it quite rightly says something like the 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 form it takes is completely dependent on the audience what scares you and that can be everything from nothing to everything 
Yeah. Well, I mean, take, well, for me, for example, like, I'm terrified of blood. Like, I'm not scared of the actual blood. It makes me feel queasy kind of thing. So, like, for me, watching certain films will cause my heart to rise a bit more just from, like, I don't know. It's I'm not scared of the actual blood. Blood's just a liquid, whatever. But for certain elements of certain films can make, mm. unlock that, you know what I mean? Get my adrenaline going. Yeah, you know, mm. like actually have a physical effect on my body, in comparison to like an actual figure, let's say, or it doesn't necessarily blood itself isn't unpleasant, but it's what it me, signifies. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's more. I guess it's it's personal. I guess it's personal to each person. If you're somebody who suffers really bad from claustrophobia or something, you might look at that awful example but that Ryan Reynolds film which is awful that buried where it's all just set with him being buried alive and like him trying to get out of the coffin like yeah. that film could be an hour and a half of pure torture for you mm. 127 like hours yeah or yeah, like you know so yeah. where you where, where you're in a trap can be can feel very claustrophobic those times 100 100% I feel like some films thrive off that um, 10 Cloverfield Lane Mm. Great show. Not particularly, not, not particularly a very scary film. But you're only getting one location through the vast majority of the film. Yeah. So, N- not necessarily a straight up horror either, but has clear horror elements throughout the whole film. Mm. And again, like ha- a, has has an antagonizing force. Have you ever seen? Um, oh, oh my God! Don't breathe. Yes, I have. What a film. Brilliant film. film. Perfect example of horror, because, I mean, you start off, you know what I mean? You're kind of, I'm kind of rooting for the old guy. These people are about to rob his house. Yeah. (laughs) For the start. You know what I mean? And then an hour later, you're like, (laughs) hang on. I just want these to get out of here alive. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, let alone turkey basters and all the rest of it but <laughs> if you know, if you've seen the film you know what I'm on about it, innit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll 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 take your word for that. Yeah. Um it gets you know what if you haven't seen sorry I watch it, it is a it, great, great film. Yeah, Stephen Lang plays the blind army fat who uh is getting his house robbed. Oh I remember the trailer for this. Yeah. Uh, they're bringing a second one out, which is the director said is the um, it's basically the perfect sequel, and every everyone who's in works with it, and it's obviously they're gonna big it up either way, but there is a lot of excitement within the it's film gonna be studio a about guy. this sequel. So oh sweet, I believe it's gonna yeah, it's I'm gonna follow on from the same same universe and everything. I'm happy so, to hear it, but I've never heard a. A filmmaker not say that about a sequel they're working on, you know. True. Um, True. It's like when uh, actors are asked if if they'd like to do a certain role, and it's like, mm. of course, <laughs> you know, that's that's their job. Mm. Um, but um, I don't like. I see potential for a sequel with that film, but 
but I also would worry that if it wasn't great, it would diminish the first one. Yeah. You know, whereas the first one could could stand as a standalone, really cool indie film. Uh, but once you franchise it out, we'll see where it goes. Like, is this blind guy going to turn into uh, the next Michael Myers? Like, I hope not. No. The sequels no. will, will reveal but then that. that. Also, I think as well, what kind of um, what's kind of killed the original, well, all of them kind of horrors, and this is what I was going to get into um, with my bit, is that, like, I feel like with horror, um, it has to be... As I was saying earlier, believable. It has to be for me to be scared of horror. Like it has to be something that could happen to me, and I'm not worried about <coughs> Freddy Krueger turning up in my dreams. I'm not worried about Michael Myers. You know what I mean? Like, I'm more worried about Scream and you know Ghostface. Mm. I'm more worried about a normal guy that spends too much time losing their mind watching horror films and wants to enact it you know like what, what about yeah. the supernatural in that case though i, I guess that depends on where you stand in your beliefs this on the supernatural it's true because i, I am over best. here with my frankenstein <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing well um with supernatural and alien and anything that isn't proven i'm well, not saying it's, it's not real yeah, I'm not saying it's not real, but it's not proven, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like... Um, no, I get you. Um, you know, Wait, it's like... where do you... St- how do you feel about the... Um, is it the Warrens who the, fil- the, the Conjuring films are based off of? Mm, is, no. Is, is that... I, is that the... Yeah, yeah, that right? Ed and Lorraine. Yeah, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, okay, yeah. I really, really want to believe, really want to believe them. However, um, and I always think this a lot about paranormal things, especially when you're coming from a time where <coughs> years ago, you know, and I always associate a lot of these exorcisms, these, you know, these possessions and stuff down to severe mental health issues. However, we just didn't know back then what it was if you get me sure. so I get I'm that. myself I'm, I'm not religious so I don't oh, I, I don't know maybe I'm scaring myself I don't know. See, not wanting I'm on the, see, I'm on the other side I'm not religious but I do there's, I believe in certain supernatural things mm, I do like, yeah. at least like from ex- uh, but I guess I've, I find that I've had like experiences with the I actually find, when was it I know. Sometime Relig- last month, I was in bed and I got my fucking leg grabbed. That was spooky. Right. But like you know, it, like it, sh- I, shit like that happens sometimes, though. Yeah, and then and like, like you, yeah. does it does it? Well, it does. It doesn't my world. <laughs> this is what I mean. How are you still? You know. Oh, I don't know. You li- I, I like. I, I have a very good relation. Like, I mean, within my, how I kind of make peace with my supernatural elements, I'm like, oh, you know, they do their thing. I do mine. Like, you know, we're on different planes of existence. It's not that bad. <laughs> like it was around. It was around Halloween. Yeah, but it was. A, it was a. It was a couple of days after Halloween, which is still Sam Hain. So mm-hmm. the 
you know, there's still there was still kind of crossover points going on. It just happened that there was it was just one yeah. that evening, you know, conjunction of the so, spheres, yeah, as they say make, in Witcher. Uh, make friends with the the demons, and that you do your thing, bro. I'm uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Um, I'm happy you just not believing, mate. Um, oh, yeah, no. Aliens, I mean, I, I, I've no, said no judgment on my end. As if they can really be compared in the same thing. Because I, I think there is a slightly higher chance of aliens and ghosts and whatnot. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I'd, I'd even say yeah. that it's, it's a fact that there's some form of unearthly life regardless of it being mm-hmm. you know a, like a, a fly or like just a bit of moss on another planet you know what i mean like yeah, I, yeah. fundamentally that's out there somewhere the anunnaki exists out there <laughs> yeah. um, maybe not that far but the um i also definitely believe that there's like um, sort of interdimensional sort of planes as well as planets so like you know there are things that like exist that we can't our senses can't decode beyond you know. the veil of perception as Rene Descartes would say exactly which you know it's, it's so easily proven by just radio frequencies isn't it and shit like that that like there are yeah. oh yeah I remember I saw this good uh documentary that brian cox did and i think he said i can't remember if it was like one point something or even as much as three percent of the static you hear is specifically radiation left over from the big bang and i I find that fascinating mad yeah and like the the law like the laws of physics and matter are so interesting in that way that like Mm. Radi- yeah. like the radio like the effect why, is that why I'll be just laying in bed and just random fucking static in my ear <laughs> no no I mean like the static oh, when you when you t- when you when like the static you hear when like a radio like that sounds more like tinnitus what ah. you're dealing with <laughs> but I mean like when you yeah, turn a yeah. radio on and it's between channels um like ah. it, that's that's based off of like it's it's created by radiation and at least like, like it was something like one point to three. I don't remember what in that range, but percent mm. of that radiation causing this effect is from the big bang, like trillions creation of years ago. Itself. Exactly. Mm. And so it's like, you know, there's also like, even on a scientific level, there's, there's stuff. You, you, I kind of like, wouldn't be too surprised if like, um, a, a, a equally small percentage was also radiation for the other side you know like you have the big bang on one side and it's the other because like, oh yeah when we're talking about energy waves and that time <coughs> works kind of different in that way do you know what i mean mm. well that's the trouble yeah. with infinity oh well yeah if if there is such a thing i don't know it's kind of impossible to bend your mind around infinity oh yeah i i love like playing around with it in my head and like trying to like i like when i get bored i like to think about like <laughs> philosophy shit <laughs> yeah 
Uh, I, so, do, I do, but then I, I end mean, up if, on a mad, that, yeah. mad train. <laughs> if the Descartes quote didn't give it away. <laughs> so, um, well, we're pretty much towards the end of the episode now, getting towards the hour mark mm. when we stitch the two halves together. To yeah. Definitely no technical unveil. difficulties this time. <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely not on mine or Sam's end. No, but I mean, I do Rogan's think kind of flying the flag for... Uh, yeah, you're letting, good internet, you're letting the si- yeah, you're letting the side down. Right? I do yeah. have to say, and I'm the one in a high-rise council flat. <laughs> and, uh, not to not to curse you or anything, but I pray to God next week, like the DVD <laughs> case just falls down like, behind him or something. Not the DVD case, man. <laughs> nah, there's some valuables on there. I'm trying to I'm trying to look what else is in the background. I don't know. <laughs> and then maybe maybe, maybe one of your kids just walks like on set without you realizing. Just okay, <laughs> this show wouldn't happen if the kids were here. Like it just it won't be a possibility. Um, but yeah, I definitely think for the audience, we've we've done you um, a great service in defining this genre. We absolutely put the nail in it. We ironed out there is only one way you can do a horror film. No, we didn't come to that conclusion at all, did we? But but we no, had a great we kind discussion. We concluded um, that like you can, can anything yeah. can be horror as long as you want it's it. It's like be. art. So long as you can argue it, you're yeah. right. Yeah, I think if you can argue that there's an antagonizing force and it builds suspension, you know, then that I think that leads to horror. Mm. Um, but yeah, other than that, it could that could take so many different forms. And, you know, we, we didn't even talk about horror comedy, which is like the two opposite sides of the spectrum. Um, totally. I, but films mm. like Get Out balance that so well uh, that you don't realise you're watching both a horror and a comedy. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm. In fairness, have you guys seen The Visit by M. Night Shyamalan? Um, no. The, the Visit. I haven't seen Where the kids go to visit films. their grandparents no, for I... the first time, they go to meet their grandparents. I was, to be fair, uh, I was I was going to discuss this on the episode, but it, it'd be too long to go into now. Um, but that balances comedy and horror very, very well. I'm actually this is one of my favourite horror films, but it doesn't just get the it just doesn't get the ratings from other people. Whenever I've ever spoke to anyone about it, they're just like. Yeah, it was it was awful, but the film shook me to my core, made me scared to go see my my nan. Oh, it's got me shook of me nan, you know what I mean? That shouldn't be happening. And yeah, no, made, that shouldn't be made me laugh throughout the film, and I still don't know how it did all of it in one. Like, wow. but it it's it's incredible. I uh, would recommend it to anyone, anyone that wants to listen. I could go on about it for hours though. <laughs> yeah, I have um, a love-hate relationship with a with a sham hammer. So, yeah. but uh, I, I'll 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 try to remember to check it out. Uh, my 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 boy uh, John, um, he 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 rates that film. So does he? Yeah. So yeah, uh, man. Good boy. Yeah, I got I got to chat to him about it. Definitely. Yeah, but yeah, but, uh, um, thank you all for listening. Happy yeah. birthday, you and again. Yeah. And Solo's okay. mum. Good and night, mom and don't week. let anyone pull your leg while you're asleep. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> Human or otherwise. 